0: And I'll praise You in this storm, and I will lift my hand for You are who You are, no matter where I am. In every tear I've
1: cried, You hold in Your hand. You never left my side, and though my heart is torn,
0: oh, I will praise You in this storm. Life can bring many difficult situations, domestic violence, addictions, poverty, and even sexual abuse by your loved ones.
1: Welcome Amy Cabo and The Cure. Good afternoon and welcome to The Cure Radio Show. I'm your host, Amy Cabo, with my amazing partner, Boris. Hello, everybody. This show is intended to expose the truth, educate, and provide comfort. God was the only cure for me and we hope we can be there for each other. We address the joys of life and its challenges with God, our omnipotent Father, who is always looking out for us as our constant refuge. Life has trials, but with him, above all things, who loves us dearly, there's eternal joy and hope. That was praise you in the storm, By Casting Crowns Placing our trust in Him, no matter how it turns out We serve only our holy God, not for fame or clout As dark times come about, praise Him anyway Honoring Him every day, to His will we pray Sweet salvation, greatest refuge and never alone For God does not allow what He won't condone not forgotten nor forsaken, his imminent defeat. Carry on his torch of light till again we meet. Today we will be talking about God's love and mental health. And our special guest is Dr. Bina Walkins. Dr. Bina Walkins, who writes under the pen name B. Matthews, is a graduate of the University of Texas Medical Branch and completed her pediatric residency, training at the University of California at Arvine. She is a board-certified pediatrician with almost two decades of dedication to the well-being of children and adolescents. Dr. Wilkins' book, Under the Broom Tree, is being released now. Dr. Wilkins, welcome to The Cure, blessed to have you with us.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Dr. Wilkins, what does it mean to be a child of God?
0: It means that your primary identifier in life, um, before your gender, before your race, um, before anything else is that of a child of God, that you're created in his image. And uh, knowing that he loves you perfectly, even when you're not perfect.
1: So we, God identifies us, not the other way around. We don't identify God, I suppose. Dr. Wilkins, but there still is a big stigma with mental health. Can you tell me why that continues to persist?
0: There is a big stigma, especially in my culture, in the Indian culture, people just don't talk about, um, talk about it. And, uh, if if you come out saying that you've had mental health issues, they'll talk about you, uh, but they won't, um, you know, offer any um, any help or uh, comfort. Uh, I think uh, it's just a it's a culture thing. Like a lot of times we don't understand it, um, but it's just so common. And uh, when you look in the Bible, you can see that uh, people suffered from anxiety at times. Like David, if you read the Psalms, you can see that he was depressed at times. He had anxiety. Jesus in yes. um, the garden of Gethsemane was very anxious to the point that he wetted blood. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, um, I think it's just a, a matter of more people coming forward and, um, talking about it and having, um, and, you know, sort of destigmatizing it. Your brain is an organ just like any other organ in your body. And, um, it can suffer from illness just like your heart can suffer from um, heart disease. Your lungs can suffer from illness as well. So we need to we treat it at, as that way. Um, but there's also a spiritual component to it as well um, that yes. people don't want to
1: address. True. It, it's almost like having a cold. It doesn't last forever. It could be a moment in time, a phase, a way of dealing with a cross. And But other than traditional medicines and therapy, God is a cure because there is a a spiritual component. And uh, I I believe that anything that is good comes from God. Anything that's undesirable is the the enemy. There is no gray area. There's no in-between. And so we live in a world where mental illness has become predominant even people even though people don't want to come to terms with it and you say that there's a spiritual connection could it be that we've lost touch with our true essence which is that of God I, I think so
0: I think people have become much more self-reliant and um, they are more distracted with things and uh, they try to solve and I know I'm guilty of this too I try to solve all of my problems um, myself. <laughs> Because uh, um, we're you know we're educated we have um, we have life experience we should be able to to handle things on our own and prayer is not our first um, our first go to when we're dealing with a crisis or a problem a lot of times we'll talk to our friends or family or on social media before we go to God with things um, and I think that's part of the
1: reason the reason why that it's so true we've become so self reliant on things of the world. And it's funny, I just saw a movie of Padre Pio. He never defended himself, Saint Padre Pio. He never even spoke to anybody or complained. He just says, I'll pray about it. And he would pray and so many things would turn around. God did a better job than anything he could have done, especially when there were so many forces against him. As the closer you get to God, the more people will fight you, the more people will judge you, the more people will not like you. As God said that in the Bible. And so if you're doing it in for the name of God and in the name of God, then it's God who can take you out of it. And yes. so it, it, it's just a matter of realizing that, because so often we think that it, we could do things on our own, but in true reality, we're completely dependent on God for everything, every day. And if you're going to be codependent, be codependent on him, that one's healthy. <laughs> Is that it's thing a healthier that, that codependency book? yes I, I think that's the only codependency that's acceptable in my in, in my book mm-hmm. uh, other than that it's good to be self-sufficient because God does help those who help themselves does he not <laughs> and so we we just move forward and we do the best we can despite how we're feeling life goes on and we trust that God will provide. Yeah, and we'll continue talking more about God's love and mental health with Dr. Bina Wilkins, author of Under the Broom Tree. Please stay with us, we'll be right back.
0: We will be right back with Amy Cabo and The Cure. Amy Cabo, and Zikir.
1: Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in. That was Do It Again by Elevation Worship. Watch His wonders happen again as we commit. True God, whose peaceful ways have been legit, all turns out perfect doing His will not to delay the reason that we live and get up every day. His mercy does stretch, but nothing like God's grace. Amazed and understatement, imagine his holy face. Can you see or feel it, his goodness and might? Be it hell or high water, worth it for every fight. We will continue talking about God's love and mental health with Dr. Bina Walkins, author of Under the Broom, Under the Broom Tree. Second Timothy's one seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Bina, can we make a connection between ordinary people in the Bible and our own lives?
0: We definitely can. So I chose Elijah um, as as the primary character in the Bible that I compare um, his Broomtree experience with my own experiences on the Broomtree. Elijah's um, moment there, it came after he had performed this mountaintop miracle calling down fire from heaven. And suddenly he's, you know, he's running for his life. He's despondent and asking God to just let him die. So what happened to his mind? Um, He should have felt great, but he was an ordinary person just like us. And so, um, God wanted us to see both sides of this man and show us how he loved him when he was at his lowest point, um, not just in his victory on the mountain, but, um, also when, you know, he needed someone to, to take care of him. So when he laid there, God nurtured him and cared for him like a loving parent. And, um, I, so that's what I chose, um, in the book to, um, to describe also, you know, when I've been through similar, sim- similar moments when I've been at the end of my strength. What God spoke to my heart at those times, and there are other people in the Bible who we can we can see. You know, um, Gideon. Gideon was very insecure and needed assurances um, a number of times. Um, King David, who was said to be a man after God's own heart, look at how many times he made huge mistakes um, and yes. uh,
1: missteps. But so God uh, uses so there, anybody. There are people like that. Yeah. Yes. So there, God there uses anybody. God uses the simple people, and he uses those you least expect. And But I love Elijah. Uh, one of the things I remember about Elijah is that when Elijah was depressed, he came out of depression by increasing in prayer. Imagine what prayer can do. Prayer got me out of depression. It got me to stop my vices. It got me to stop the seven different medications I was taking. And no longer do the seven labels apply. <laughs> So it all starts with prayer, and everything else falls into place. You realize that you need to go to church, you realize that you need to read the Bible, you realize that you need to do things right, that you need to prioritize prioritize God in your life and in everything that you do uh dr wilkins uh, but depression is now prevalent in youths. what do we how do we intervene if a child is thinking of suicide and tells us so? So if if they're truly contemplating
0: suicide and they're a danger to themselves, we want to make sure they're safe. So a lot of times, you know, we do have to, we do have to hospitalize them or get them out of a certain environment to make sure that they're safe and that they don't try to take their own life. So you have to assess the situation and see if they're in immediate danger to themselves. Um, but uh, if they're having, you know, just suicidal thoughts about, you know, like passive thoughts, why was I, what was the point of me being here? Why was I born? I, sh- I feel like I never should have been born. Um, you know you should be able to go to your pediatrician and um and get some advice, but a lot of us now you know we're trained to just to prescribe an s s r i refer them to therapy um and I can't tell you how many times they'll come back to me and tell me that therapy doesn't work or we're switching medications and I wish there were more christian based therapists that would um direct these kids to um to God's word to help them um, through their depression and their anxiety. Uh, I know, you know, it, um, it made a huge difference in my life. Um, I was saved when I was, um, when I was 18 at a Bible study in college and I yes. had attended church my entire life. Um, but I never knew God, never had any kind of personal relationship with Jesus. I think I was at times I was atheist. Sometimes I was agnostic. And, yes. um, we- I, I, I just came to a point where I, I accepted him and some things that I struggled with um, before that moment just went away, um, because I, I started um, looking to to God and you know believing that there's there's more uh, there's more to to life and there's an afterlife and there's a God that loves me even you know when my when my parents uh, if I have a parent that doesn't my head, I talk in the book about my mom's um, my mom had uh, mental illness when I was growing up so there's a chapter about more um, you know learning to forgive her for what had happened, um, during my sister and my own childhood. Um, so it, it just made such a difference in my life. And, um, I wish there was, there was more of a push, uh, towards, towards, uh, directing these kids towards, um, God.
1: Yes. I, I, I think we all struggle at some point or another, and it happens often with teenagers, trying to discover themselves and find their identity and things like that. And when I saw well, it sex. when I saw it <laughs> well when I when I saw it in in my child, I decided to you know sanctify myself and pray more and become closer to God. And as she saw the transformation in me, she thought it was a good idea. She started going to church voluntarily with me and she started That's to pray great. with me. And, and that's yeah. what I didn't think my first go-to wasn't to medicate her. It was, what can I do better? How can I improve? How can I make it better for her? And where did I go wrong? It's usually a lot of times we have to look at the mirror rather than to think it's the child that's the problem. Give them more medication. Yeah. That's the solution. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we'll continue talking more about God's love and mental health with Dr. Bina Wilkins, author of Under the Broom Tree. Please stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: We will be right back with Amy Cabell and The Cure. now we will continue with Amy Cabot and The cure.
1: And thanks for tuning in. That was I Can Only Imagine by Mercy Me. I can't fathom what it's like to see him face to face, elated to be in his presence, no greater grace, where joy persists and tears no longer exist to be His, an can desire, hard to resist. If we can be feeling God's love all over the place, picture it where nothing else but joy and praise, down on knees, awed by the goodness in Him, I'll leave it all behind for my Lord in a whim. Wow, I love your poems. We will continue about God's love and mental health with Dr. Bina Wilkins, author of Under the Broom Tree. In everything give thanks first the lotions, this five, so long, yes. Huh? That one. <laughs> five eighteen. Under the Broom Tree. That that is a very interesting title. And why would how do you relate to when we're down in the dumps? Being under a broom tree.
0: So when I first started writing the book, I didn't realize I was writing a book. I was um, writing in prayer journal. I learned to to do that, um, and uh, I just uh, felt that I needed to save some of the things that I wrote, um, and I didn't know why. I just kept it in a in a separate place, and then I was listening in church to a message on um, on Elijah, and um, when they were they were talking about. Um, the, the part where he's under the broom tree, I, I got the title under the broom tree. And God just spoke to my heart that, you know, you know what it's like to be there. And I remembered all of the pages that I had saved from the journal and they were all what I had written from times when I had struggled and, uh, you know, to the point end of my own strength. And I was questioning God, like, I, I don't know where to move from here. Um, I've got, I got nothing left you know, I don't, I don't have any more tricks up my sleeve to get myself out of this situation or this, um, this thought pattern that I've developed. And he, he spoke to my heart. And I feel like uh, this is um, an act of obedience on my part, um, publishing this, um, all the things that he has um, spoken to me. I only get um, 10 to 20 minutes. Uh, with my patients, uh, and I don't have a chance to tell them everything that I wish I could tell them. So this book is sort of my way of telling them everything I wish I could say in in that short amount of time that I don't but I don't have it
1: <laughs> yes and and I believe we're getting somewhere when we know that God always provides, even when there doesn't seem to be any hope. And so when it comes to, rebellious teens i just saw that in the bible i posted a picture that rebellion is a sin of witchcraft it says in the bible i didn't know that and well there's a lot of things i don't know but it it's what it's, do you mean you, it's actually you know it's everything if it hey if it doesn't <laughs> unite and it divides it's not of god yeah, yeah is it not so what's the best way to approach that a rebellion teen?
0: um to find out why they're rebelling um you know kids nowadays they get a lot of information um you know when i was growing up i didn't have all this information at my fingertips and um, with social media there's good things with social media you know you get to keep in touch with um, people you haven't seen in years and um, you can market a business network Um, but a lot of these young people um, they get all of this information you can scroll through so much information in a short amount of time they don't know what's true and what's trustworthy and so they get a lot of ideas they're fed a lot of things that um, i think affect their their mental health and um, their the way they're thinking and the way they're acting so yes. the first thing i think is And it to depends find on their influences. The yeah. Yeah. Um, so i think I, as a I mean parent, the first thing you want to do is find out what are they listening to what are they looking at what's influencing them where is where is this coming from?
1: Yes, and and it's okay to to be curious about your kids. We're supposed to be. That's our duty. That's, but if rebellion, if it being rebellious is is a form of pride, which I believe it might be, then I have an idea. You, you we do the opposite. We are humble and give it to God. Uh, besides, actually, take the phone, no? Cutting out whatever ties, because <laughs> God said. What makes you sin, cut it off, even if if it, even if it's your arm, right arm, but we're not going to cut off our arm. It's better to take away the phone <laughs> or or actually there's apps where you can mirror the phone. Don't tell your kids, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. it, heads up parents. Um, but Dr. Walken, Walken, what is your opinion on massive medications? Our daughter alone has several kids that take two to four medications a day. Yeah. So I know, I've never, I, I never knew, I've never heard so much of kids taking medications. Before it used to be a thing that wasn't heard of. It's where we see and
0: their younger ones, younger and younger yeah. ones taking medication.
1: There's several. Um, I mean, it's crazy. I think there there
0: is a role for medications especially if you're trying to make someone, you know, to stabilize them and, you know, per- save them from doing something in a crisis that could they could end their life.
1: Um, but, but hyper to, is not a crisis being hyper is not a crisis right yeah
0: being hyper it's, it's, it's a kid I, thing I know.
1: right okay sorry i just i just want to make sure
0: <laughs> yes so they're um you know they have to i remember kids when i was growing up i'm sure they had adhd uh you know that there was no diagnosis at that time um and they found was- ways to cope and become functional adults without medication and you know i have a lot of patients that once they're in high school or they go to college they say i don't want to take this anymore i can i can do this on my own and it can alter and, their brain
1: um, isn't the brain still it's developing it's actually dangerous Sorry.
0: Sorry. So, yeah the okay. brains are still developing and you know you don't know what can happen you know 40 50 years from now um with let them them when they, grow they say let them grow especially yeah. let
1: them grow and and overcome the phase trust me they settle down and calm down as they get older. Okay. Good. <laughs> and so we're done with the radio show and thank you so much by the way for for all that you do and for being there for the kids which are our future. Thank you. Dr. Watkins. And so we'll finish with a prayer as we always do. Heavenly Father, I'm feeling down right now. Please help me to know your peace and presence more because you feel so far off. You say that you will never leave me or forsake me. So please come to me now. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Teach me to know your peace. Amen. This is Amy Cabo. You have been listening to The Cure. Please check our podcast, The Cure with Amy Cabo, or our app, The Cure, or website, GodistheCure.com. Thank you for
0: listening to The Cure with Amy Cabo. You can check out Amy's latest book, God is the Cure, on Amazon. And please check our website, GodistheCure.com.